Welcome to the Firearm Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and today we'll be talking about your social media presence. We bring you this podcast to support the industry and the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at FTA Protect to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. A couple of years ago, I came across Mantis X at a trade show. and saw a lot of potential for myself and my students in it. Now, I can do my own dry fire practice at home and get expert feedback on what I need to do to improve my own trigger press. But besides improving my own shooting, it also allows me to help my students by having them use the device on their firearm to augment my coaching. It's like having an expert shooting coach right next to me with a student on the range. They work out so well that I actually had a friend who borrowed mine, then paid me for it because he wouldn't give it back. Get yourself a Manus Axe and you'll see why it's such a valuable tool for improving your shooting and your students. Today's topic, love it or hate it, we as instructors are stuck with dealing with social media. Whether it's communicating with students, promoting our classes, or just being able to be found on social media, is a requirement being an instructor these days. One of the more prevalent names in the firearm industry these days is our special guest today, Mickey Shook with his company, Carry Trainer. Welcome, Mickey. How are things going for you? Hey, man, I appreciate that. I don't know if I would be considered a prevalent name, but I've got a name. <laughs> I <laughs> keep tripping over me. you all the, all the time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and thought it'd be good since you've got a very good social media presence for you to give us some tips and everything. I'm happy to. And before we begin, can you give our listeners a little bit of uh, your background and how you got in firearm training and you know h- how you uh, do things? Happy to. So uh, not a former superhero, not an action guy. Um, grew up in a uh, semi-rural area of Illinois as a, as a kind of farm kid. Mom and dad had a hobby farm. They were city folks. And uh, I grew up shooting and hunting and trapping and fishing and doing all that good stuff. And, uh, as I got older, I still did those things and, and got a little involved in the hunter safety program here in Illinois in my younger years. And then, uh, got involved in lobbying for gun rights. Uh, our laws here in Illinois are, are, and were some of the worst in the country for infringing on uh, freedom. And so I, began to get uh, pretty involved in that to the point that I led an organization and I'm still very active on a statewide level in uh, pushing for uh, the proliferation of freedom is how I like to say it. Uh, And kind of the, my, the thing I bring to the table is not just uh, a loud voice because that's not what I have, but helping people professionalize their message to be good communicators and good, good, uh, stewards, so to speak, of the rights we have. So I ended up involved in uh, the in the political process to the point of being the vice chairman of a political party up in this region, uh, raising money, because at the end of the day, you can't affect laws if you can't put people in office. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the first concealed carry instructors in Illinois, I help, uh, uh, I help guys with that stuff some. I don't teach a lot of like the state classes. I do a couple a year. Usually it's a friends and family gig, but most of what I do is the stuff you see. 
fortunate to have been uh, mentored by some of the best people in the business, uh, which I talk about and drop their names often and have a lot of really great guys working with me. So I'm an, I'm an avid student. I've uh, well over a thousand hours of professional instruction um, and, ca- and constantly learning. A graduate of Force Science Institute, uh, their their big course, not their, their two-day course, but their big course and uh, other things like that. So yeah, that's what I got. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to have you on the show today. And one of the, one of the big things I think, and I talk to people all the time about is in your opinion, what do you think the bare minimum for an instructor is these days on, when it comes to social media? Because just hanging a shingle out and saying, Hey, I, I train firearms doesn't cut it these days. You have to have a mm-hmm. presence on the internet and specifically in, in social media in order to connect with your students and students can share you, can recommend you do all those kind of things. What, what do you consider the bare minimum in your mind? I, I would have to predicate that thought on a, a few things. Um, so I've been self-employed for most of my adult life, like over 20 years and uh, very little formal education. I barely graduated from high school. I've got some college courses under my belt, like, you know, various, uh, you know, random things, but um, I've learned the hard way. And so I've always had, I've never was able to afford a marketing or, or a salesperson. So I owned a construction company for 18 years and I did all the sales and marketing. So I think the biggest problem with social media for anybody, but our, if, since we're talking about uh, shooting instructors, is it's not a billboard. It's not a yellow page ad. And the whole point of it being social media is that it's socializing and guys take a picture and they put it up and they say, nobody likes me. Well, it's not they don't like you. It's just they don't find your picture or your video intriguing. So the content has to be, if it's not something you'd watch, no matter how much you put into it, if it's not something you'd stare at, I mean, you, we all see it. You see somebody's post and you're like, what is that? Like, why, why? for example, I just left uh, uh, an auto buy or an auto repair shop today. They have a Facebook page. Who goes to their mechanic shop's Facebook page? You're sitting around at night having a cold bottle of beer after dinner and you're just like, hey, I'm going to go check out my, my auto mechanic's Facebook page, mm-hmm. right? So I got a buddy that's a mechanic but he does like performance work. So he's always got tips on like winterizing your car, uh, getting the most mileage out of high mile vehicles. And so it's stuff that's useful. And that's really what I did with, with our brand was, okay, I can't, I can't say I was a, a member of some special operations unit, but what I can do is pass on value for free. And so I think when you're questioning the bare minimum, I think business 101, what are you going to get out of it? And it's always you have to give more value than you're getting. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think I see a lot of noise where people just like putting things out there. But if you don't have Mm -hmm. the value component with it, people very quickly, you know, skip onto the next one. And that's where it's got to be something that's attention getting, something that has some value, something that'll make people think. You know, as you said, the auto mechanic puts performance tips out there. Well, same thing. I know you've put some videos out there on, on YouTube before, and that gives the listeners, the viewers tips on what they should be looking for in a holster or, you know, how, how they should carry or or not carry sometimes. And that's, that's where people find value with that. 
Mm-hmm. I would add to that. So at Carry Trainer, we work with a lot of various businesses from holster makers like you're talking about or uh, major firearm manufacturers to ammunition and all points in between. I work with a company that makes really great coolers. Uh, And so in that, I'm constantly interacting with the people that run their sales and marketing. And in this modern world that we now live in, what used to be print media, the guy, guy went to school for marketing or a gal went to school for marketing and they learned about how to properly create a print ad. They learned about how to create a radio ad in a 15 or 30 or 45 second, et cetera, spot. Now they're teaching people about Facebook and YouTube and all that jazz. And it's almost, it's so simplified, oversimplified. It's like, uh, okay, I'm the marketing guy for Rob's company. My job is make a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and all of these things, and then we just dump stuff on it. Thus, I am marketing. It's like, no, you're not marketing. You're just putting stuff into the ether. So uh, back to your question of minimum, I would say rather than think about where do, I, where do I populate information, meaning what platform, is have a concerted message and a very directed goal. And of course, the goal, we always want to be like a rich, famous instructor, but that's not really a goal. The goal needs to be, I want to reach 50 potential customers every month in my region, or I want to get so many views, but we could talk about views too, if you want to. Yeah. Views are, uh, well, I think what you're talking about when you're, when you start, when we can go down this uh, path is how do you go along and gauge the performance of it? Because a lot of what we're talking about is putting value out there, but then also too, there's a, how much value do we put out there for free and how much effort do we put into it? Because we sure can't spend a hundred hours producing videos a month Mm -hmm. and get, you know, 50 views and one person in class. It doesn't equate very well, but at the same time, we've got to, we've got to go along and build gauge, you know, how effective is it? Because if we do a video and all of a sudden it goes a hundred views and a thousand views and 10,000 views, that puts things in a completely different perspective about how much time you're able to put into it. And how do do you gauge the effectiveness of your Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter? Sure. Sure. Well, I would first say, there's never something for nothing, right? So even if we're the greatest instructor with the greatest product and the greatest face and voice, just because you put something out there doesn't mean the world gives a darn. And Mm -hmm. it might take you several years of very focused effort to make a dent. There's a lot of noise now. Back in the day, you could go to the bank, borrow money and get some radio and TV and, and newspaper ads and start growing. Now, anybody with a camera and internet access can put stuff out there. And there's a lot of sharp young people that are editing some amazing stuff that you used to have to pay a lot of money for. So I think people need to, uh, our fellow instructors in business, you need to have uh, the understanding that this is going to take a while. Not that it has to, but it probably is going to, and you got to stay the course. So how do you know if it's working? Most definitely, I would ask for honest feedback from people that are not your sister or your mom because they're going to think it's so cool that you're on the internet. You know, basically, it's like TV. Mm-hmm. Ask people that know. Um, views are funny. So back to talking about, and I'm giving you guys all my my hard earned secrets here. So I better get some good karma in return. 
but I would deal with all these folks at, at companies that do marketing. And the first question is, so how many views do you get? And I always say, do you want to know how many views do I get or how much product do I sell? Because I don't give a crap if, I, if the person gets 10 million views, but they don't sell anything, then what's the, what's the point? And that's like an, uh, that's an erroneous uh, uh, data point with social media, millions of views, but if nobody's buying anything, then it means it's the wrong customer base. Like in this gun industry, this culture, we've got a lot of folks from South America, uh, Philippines, China, uh, not so much China because they limit internet access, but that part of Asia, a lot of Europeans that view our YouTube channel. None of mm -hmm. those people are ever going to come to Rob or Mickey's courses. So right. why do I care about that? So uh, I look more at interaction. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have gotten famous, and I don't need to name them, famous in our world of the shooting sports for being like uh, caustic online. You could probably think of a few dudes. You know, every YouTube channel they put out is, is like them uh, putting somebody down or putting a product down or putting a tech technique or tactic down. Mm -hmm. I don't appreciate that, but those guys fill classes up and they fill classes up with a person that finds their demeanor attractive. I don't want that guy. So I don't want to put that out in the world. Uh, so I look more at interaction, uh, not just likes, but uh, are people commenting? Are they sharing it? None of us, you or I would never share a video that we didn't think was great unless it was, you know, some, something, you know, my daughter loves puppies. So anytime I see a puppy video, I send it to my daughter, even though I don't maybe think the video is that great. Mm -hmm. But in our context, you would never watch a video of, of anything and share it on your social media with your people, unless you thought it was great. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's safe. But, it was, you know, wasn't dangerous, you know, yeah. it has, has some value to it. And, uh, you know, because I'm going to be, be sharing it and basically promoting it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now you, you're attaching your, uh, uh, character and integrity to it. And somebody could pass something on, people will send me stuff and I'll go, I know they didn't actually watch this or read it. You know, they probably saw it and they just forwarded it to me. There's no way this dude actually watched this because I know the guy and what's in the video is garbage. But that's the kind of metric I look at and why that's important because you can buy views. You can buy followers. I've never done either. Uh, you can pay to have videos boosted, which is a really a complete waste of money. And what it comes down to is, is, be in all the spaces and places that you can and create really fantastic content that has some value to it. Um, I'm not, not to burst any bubbles, but nobody's breaking the internet showing us how to draw and shoot a target. There's got to be something more to that. I know when I started shooting uh, and training and seeking out training, the internet didn't really exist at that time unless you went to like the library or something and sat down at a computer. Most people didn't have a home computer and YouTube was not really anything. And you, you had to go physically train. And I remember I would be trying to self-diagnose issues and I thought, well, I better go find somebody that can fix it. So fast forward to now, you could punch it into Google how to load a magazine, how to strip a slide, how to clean a gun. You, you got to dig deep and find some value or, or whatever. Everybody's got their thing. That's, that's, I guess, what I'm driving at. What's your thing and how are you going to share that?
How are you going to differentiate your value from somebody else's value? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not for everybody. I turn a lot of people off. I just put a video up on YouTube and there's uh, a lot of very nice comments. And there's some comments on there where people just, the only comment is them saying that I'm a piece of garbage. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I, I guess that guy doesn't like me, but but that's okay. Not everybody likes Coca Cola. Some people like Pepsi. I drive a Ford. Somebody else drives a Chevy. So I don't need to make everybody happy, but I'm going to stay true to what I do. And I think that's another problem. That's why some of those guys that that kind of spew hate. It's why they've been successful for fifteen or twenty plus years because they've consistently sold the same product. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another big thing is consistency in messaging. There's so many inauthentic people uh, in our, our culture here of this this self protection community is even worse because nobody wants to men don't cry. You know we don't have feelings. We're just sheepdog warrior protector Viking. We're badasses. Superman, you know. Yeah, we, right. We can fix anything. Right. Where I like to sit in my basement at night and sip beer and listen to records and sometimes cry listening to love songs. Okay. I got no problem admitting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the one thing with the internet, you definitely have to uh, <laughs> grow a thick skin because like you said, people will attack you for the smallest of things and sometimes just to attack you. Um, but at yeah. the same time, you've got to you know, know who you are and be comfortable with it because if you're doing it right for every negative comment you get, you're getting, you know, two, three, four times positive with people saying, yeah, that made sense to me. That, that helped my draw. That helped me, you know, cut my times down, made me more effective. And I feel more, more enabled to be able to go along and protect myself and my family. Yeah, man. The other thing I would add to that on the comments, nobody that's on the internet, which some people just say, oh, it's the internet. No, it's people. It's people. It's still human beings. They just have this cool way of communicating where we don't have to see each other. That's still a person. Well, he mm-hmm. wouldn't say that to my face. I bet he might. You know, that guy's that big a jerk to spend his time. I don't sweat those people. Sometimes it does irk me a little bit. But when I think about it, I chose to step up and say, look at me and pay attention. So you know you're going to get that stuff. As such, if somebody, if so, unless somebody says something really vulgar, I just ignore it. And if it's really vulgar, I'll, I'll say, Hey man, delete that. Or I will. And if they don't, I'll delete it or block them depending on what it might be. I don't really suffer fools at all. And where I'm going with this is there's, I'll watch guys go into these great debates on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube with some stranger. And I'm not going to say it's some dude in his mom's basement. That's what we always joke about. I know guys that are, are professionals that get their rocks off having these online arguments. It could be some learned man that just has as fun getting your goat. Don't waste any energy because you're not selling seats in class arguing with some moron from Topeka or, or Chicago or wherever he Mm -hmm. may be just to water off a duck's back. Yep. Have that thick skin. I don't know how much you've ran into this, but, um, what's your recommendation? Because we all know that social media has a certain bias against the second amendment community. And that makes it difficult sometimes to, you know, do certain things. Uh, what's your recommendation for our listeners? Nikki? 
So that actually kind of dovetails into what I was just talking about. I think a thick skin is good. There's people that have a thick skin, but they want to retaliate. So the number one thing I think that we need to do is be good stewards of the rights that we have, which, which means I just put a video up talking about carrying concealed means concealed, not, not printing. And so many people got mad and said, I shouldn't have to worry about offending people. And I said, well, that's not really what I'm talking about. It's about actually being a professional in the sense of, of concealing your weapon and, and uh, not creating undue consternation in our world, I guess, is the point. So the Second Amendment thing, we have a lot of folks that are not very good representatives of my friends or probably your friends. So I think it starts with, uh, there's some... F- Facebook groups that I've been involved in or people have added me to and I see the things that folks say and talk about online and then and then to go to well Facebook or Instagram's anti second amendment I think you're some people writing some really stupid hateful uh, vengeful stuff online can we at the very least start off by acting with some respect mm-hmm. so I would say that the second thing I would say to that, the Second Amendment, somebody asked me something uh, yesterday, a question about Second Amendment-related questions. They said, what's a big Second Amendment-related question? And then they, they added in not uh, talking about, like, um, what's the best gun or holster? And I said, well, to me, what's the best gun or holster has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. So I think a lot of folks that tout their love of freedom need to do a better job of studying history, studying the the works of our founders. People always talk about the Second Amendment, but then I ask, when's the last time they read uh, the the writings of John Locke or Hobbes or uh, the Federalist or Anti-Federalist papers or any of these these documents or, or writers that ultimately the culmination of all those men's work became the republic we have? It's, it tells you about what their true goal is, and it's not truly being a good represent, representative of this culture and a protector of it. What, does that make sense? Yeah. I, it, you know, the, way, the way I look at it, you know, from listening to you, is you know, we've, we've got to know our history because if we don't know our history, then we're not going to be able to be, we're not going to be able to go along and speak authoritatively or or act responsibly the way that the country was originally and the second amendment was originally written and i 100%. think it's, that's that's important for us to know because as you say there is a whole lot of garbage out there from time to time that people do just to get noticed they mm-hmm. do that just to go along and get people upset as responsible farm trainers we've got to take it a step further put responsible information out there that people be safe with that something that people can do that and also realize that we're not just speaking for ourselves a lot of times we're speaking for the farm trainer community as a whole if i put something out there that is wrong or very controversial all of a sudden that could be brought up you know at six o'clock news potentially if it goes big enough and say hey here's a farm trainer and we're all painted the same way and Mm -hmm. with that and that's where people need to realize that we need to be stand up be responsible about the second amendment and understand what we're actually saying and knowing the federalist papers knowing what john locke said 
those types of things I think are really important because when somebody questions you, well, why do you think that? You can say, well, do you realize back in the Federalist paper, this and this and this was stated? And more than likely, most of the people that would be attacking us probably wouldn't even know what that is. We have a, a point there to where we can go along, educate them. Uh, yeah. Teachable moment. And that's where a lot of it comes into, just like most of the surveys in America these days, the majority of people in America are not against guns but they're for assault weapon bans. There's uh, four magazine capacity. Well, but has anybody really explained to them what that is? Probably not. They probably listened to either something political or something on the news, and that's where they've gotten their information from. And, and we've got to be those good stewards of giving solid, credible information to them on what, what we're talking about. Exactly. I think, and, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of, dancing around some of the questions you're asking, because I think that these are, these questions are so, or these topics are so important to the end result of what we're talking about. And so is Facebook anti second amendment or Instagram or YouTube? In some ways they are, but I've got friends, I've got 90,000 YouTube subscribers and we don't have any strikes against us from YouTube. And I post, there's hundreds of videos of guns, including fully automatic weapons. And we, it's not that we follow the rules per se. And, and I don't want people to misconstrue this. People say like, oh, well, you're a bootlicker. You're a, you know, you're, you're uh, bowing to, to the crown. Well, first of all, YouTube or Facebook is not the crown. It's a private business mm-hmm. with rules that we subscribe to. So that's the hard part. These businesses, just like your business and mine, we make the rules of conduct and we agree when we sign up on Facebook or YouTube or any of those to their rules of conduct and rules of usage. We don't have to use it. And it's the almost insultingly comical uh, idea here is most of the people screaming about, about socialism, i.e. the gun guys, want almost a socialist mentality because they want to dictate to these social media companies how to uh, how to run and how to operate as mm-hmm. if somebody could come in my business or yours. So, I mean, we have to play by their rules to a degree, to a degree, because it's their platform. And, and it comes back to, again, being a good steward. I, I often think about, man, if I was a school teacher and, and, and everybody I'm talking to was like eighth graders or seventh graders, And those kids had their own opinion is the stuff I'm putting out into social media. Is it something I would want an eighth grader? Now, look, there's times I make off color jokes and such. Uh, It's adult topics. But is the message something that I would want a young person to say, not because Mickey's saying it, but the message? Is it something I would want an eighth grader or or, or my, my own children to say, you know what, I can I can bite that. I can believe that. And there's just too much nonsense and not enough substance when guys are trying to grow these businesses And the world's sick of nonsense, unfortunately, or fortunately, that's why we have the president that we have. People were sick of the same old, same old. So here comes something a little different. You know, let's, let's see what's going on. Get, get what I'm going at. Mm-hmm, with that. Definitely. I've, I've used a similar analogy in that I always go along and tell people, you know, don't do something you wouldn't go along and tell you, tell your grandmother, 
mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, yeah. from that standpoint. And there are times when, you know, you can have an off color joke with grandma and she'll smile and, and, you know, laugh about it. But then there's other times when it's like, no, nah, that's not the kind of stuff I would want to go along and have my grandmother think I'm talking about. And those yeah. are the types of things to where we've got to, instead of being quick to go along and say something and I think about what we're saying, we've got to really take a, a moment, be responsible about what we're saying, who we're saying it to, and figure out, you know, is that helping out or is it hurting the cause as a whole? Because as firearm trainers, we're painting it with the same brush, you know, from one side to the other side. And that's one of the reasons I created this podcast was to try to improve what the firearm trainers are hearing what the resources they have and hopefully ultimately better students because of the trainers will have better information to to give their their students i like that you know i i uh just talking about this one of the main principles that we teach is this uh before you begin anything so if you're on the range setting up marketing uh trying to grow a business or establish a business or create a new lesson plan what's the goal What's my desired end state? That's what this is what I teach. To start with what your desired end state is. Then define some, some uh, measurable uh, data points uh, that you, you might not know them all, but define some. So I want to have a, a successful social media following. Define what that looks like to you. Is it lots of views? Is it filling classes? Is it uh, uh, getting lots of shares and likes? Is it... Is it uh, feeling better about yourself because you decided to stand in front of a camera and, and orate? I don't know, whatever it might be, and then apply action to it. I just it, it I can't reiterate enough the the need to have a concerted, directed effort that continues day after day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I've got one last question for you, Mickey. Um, how important do you think it is to have a separate business, uh, social media from your personal social media? Well, I think that's actually very important because user agreements for say Facebook do not allow, uh, like I can't have Mickey shook uh, or Carrie trainer as my personal page. It has to be a business page. Uh, eventually Facebook finds those and they will delete them or make you change them. So if you're a professional business, why not operate as one? So uh, a new trend is you can tie all this stuff together. Problem with that is, is it stuff starts to get lost. So somebody posts something to Instagram, that same post goes to their personal Facebook page, goes to their business Facebook page, goes to their Twitter account. And that sounds logical because then we're covering a big area. The problem is, it's the same people following you in all those areas. So it almost gets to be overload, which is why it's good to create various content. Personal stuff can be more personal on your personal page. The business page can be more business directed. My aunt doesn't want to hear about my upcoming class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My, my neighbors that you know, we hit, we play golf together or whatever. They don't want to hear about my exciting new set of Ameriglo sites. At the same time, your students from, you know, last month don't necessarily want to go along and see that, or you might not want to share your birthday pictures from your, your child's birthday, you know, over exactly. the weekend and everything. Exactly. So I mean, it kind of goes both ways to where you want a little privacy 
and we complain about this privacy in your personal life and we should protect it that way. But at the same time, from a business standpoint, we're not going to, we don't want our personal, uh, friends to be inundated with advertising with, you know, Twitter comments and everything else like that. Unless of course they choose to follow us in both places too. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. So go back to the desired end state is your desired end state to have a million friends on Facebook that you don't actually know, or is it to fill classes? Mm-hmm. And what's the best way of filling them? Yeah. yeah. Prob- probably, you know, from my, my view, it's, doesn't necessarily come from the number of friends on Facebook. It's a lot of other marketing uh, approaches in order to get people to to find you, be able to recommend you, and then obviously come to your class. Fill those yes. seats. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Well, Mickey, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I know we've just scratched the surface on social media here, but at the same time, hopefully our listeners got a lot of, lot of evidence, start thinking about it. And, and uh, in the future, maybe we'll have you on or another guest to talk about other issues when it comes to social media. Where can our listeners find more information about you and the classes that you're putting on, Mickey? I appreciate you having me on, Rob. It uh, means a lot that you'd, that you'd ask. Uh, very simple to find us, Carrie Trainer. Carrie uh, Trainer on Instagram, Carrie Trainer on YouTube, Carrie Trainer on Facebook, CarrieTrainer.com uh, on uh, any search engine, and you'll get to our website. Uh, our podcast is available on the uh, Carry Trainer uh, website as well as Google and all those other places. So uh, pr- pretty easy to find us. Classes are posted up and uh, available for sign up. And uh, any questions and such, easy to get a hold of us. Email address is right on the website. I'm pretty responsive. And I'll put links to the, all those for listeners on the Thank show you. notes so you can go along and find those uh, simply enough if you don't want to go the effort of uh, googling it well that's a wrap for our episode today and we have a few requests for our loyal listeners if you have any input questions or feedback please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com follow us encourage others to follow us on social media instagram facebook twitter leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play or wherever you listen to podcasts at visit our sponsors especially the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. And if you have an idea for a podcast, send them in. We're always looking for good ideas. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry. The Second Amendment, most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. And remember, Engage in social media and stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.